0: Welcome to the Billy Jenkins Listening Club. Short webcasts, or what I like to call, in keeping with my photographic interests, Snapcasts, offering a unique oral insight into Billy Jenkins, the man and his music. This episode is entitled The Day I Nearly Died. You're listening to an extract of Arrival of the Tourists from the 1985 album Greenwich, recorded by Billy with the Voice of God Collective. It's the perfect soundtrack for a story by Billy called The Day I Nearly Died. Billy had been warned by the agent. It was a crazy gig. Just take the one o'clock ferry and we'll carry your gear to the town square. The hotel is right next door. As travellers and festival helpers crossed the quay, over-loud soundcheck bass drums and sibilant crash cymbals bounced off buildings, setting nerves on edge nerves that would be kept on edge until 4am the following morning. The hotel was a Chinese restaurant. There were rooms booked for the band, but five floors up, five dingy, narrow flights up, with saxophones, trombones, guitar, and a double bass, and double beds to share. Back down again. The coordinator had vanished. The boss seemed to speak only Chinese Flemish. They tried to explain. The deal was single rooms. We've been travelling since first thing. And maybe a towel and soap? Pan-global communications pointless. Back up went the gear. It was best left in the rooms. Too many people wandering around the square. Too little backstage security. Three of the band were Belgian, well two were Flemish speaking and one was from Brussels but only spoke French, so that didn't make a Belgian in the eyes of the other two. But for Billy, they all spoke American English like most Europeans seem to, having been reared on I Love Lucy and Bilko, except of course West Germans. They always dubbed everything so they speak German English, changing only to German American when they start singing. Nevertheless, the band leader had seven musicians from three different cultures. Now make that four. Ashley Slater was present. In fact, make it five. Balamy was in the sax chair. An eight-piece band that had only played once before, and that was six long months previously. Billy backed away from the travel-weary players and headed towards the cacophony to find Coordinator Peter. Twenty minutes later, Peter was located. Sound check and performance time agreed. Billy went off to seek out the local musicians amongst the swelling crowd. An irritatingly long time later, with trumpeter Bart Maris, tune percussionist Pete Yorans and tuba player Vivian Fortune fully informed, instructed and routined, Billy was able to return and tell the English musicians that an hour ago he was supposed to tell them that they had an hour to rest up before the sound check. What kept you? Can we have a sub to get something to eat? Why do we still have double beds? But as that was now, down comes all the gear down five rickety flights and elbows assist a slow progress through gathering crowds to the stage. So the sound check rigmarole began, a rigmarole that Billy hates. And the band sort of rehearsed and tried to remember that special bond which they had probably fleetingly obtained during the closing moments of their six months ago concert debut. In the meantime, Lighting technicians shimmied up ladders. The on-stage monitor mix man mixed everything how it shouldn't be. The front of house sound man, well, he was actually in front of a huge brick wall which might have contained a house or the English Channel for all anyone cared, went about his business of transforming virtuoso instrumentalists into a passing impression of the starting grid of the Belgian Grand Prix. Public ordeal number one over, even sound checks are entertaining with the Voice of God Collective, a getting rather tired Billy goes to find Peter and get some food coupons or whatever. An hour later, the band get their pizzas. Fantastic. And look guys, we get one free beer each. And as that crusty, crappy pizza is washed down with soapy lager, Still more sound checks bounce all around the town, booming louder and bigger and more worse. There was nowhere to relax. Even the double bed, five floors up, buzzed to the sound system. Two stages, bands performing on both, loud bands simultaneously. So come showtime, seven hours after disembarking, and 13 hours after starting out, Billy is really wired. But at least when on stage, things are under control. And of course the gig goes great. People crowd round and really enjoy it and the musicians play fantastic. Ashley gets a bit excited and breaks into song over the Thelonious Monk instrumental, Blue Monk. I've got a monk, I've got a monk. I've got a monk that's blue, <laughs> he extols. Meanwhile, Billy's mind starts wandering, thinking about post gig obligations, and after encores and the salutations and the bows, the action really began. Gear off the stage as quick as possible, carry instruments through the square, packed to overflowing with more than a thousand happy, half drunken, jostling festivalites. Amongst them, somewhere, is Peter the coordinator. He must be found. He has the money. Make sure English musicians are safely back to the Chinese restaurant hotel. Instruments in one piece. Dive back into the throng. 20 minutes later, miraculously, Peter appears. Billy asks for the money. Ah, shouts Peter. We have to find the festival accountant. Where is he? says Billy. Well, he's not in the office. He's somewhere in the square. And still the crappy Belgian rock bands bash on at the ear-splitting volume. Peter and Billy search. Finally, the accountant comes into view. They follow him through narrow side streets to the office. Sign the receipt, please. Let me count the money first, eh? That's no good. That's all Belgian francs. The contract stipulated pound sterling and Belgian francs. I need sterling for my English guys, francs for the local guys. Eh? Billy has a choice. Take it all in francs or collect the balance in sterling first thing the next day when the bank opens. What time does the bank open? Half past ten. What time does the ferry leave? Eleven. Think fast, think quick. He wanted to pay Piet and Bart before they went on stage with another group. He was too tired to hang around until they finished. The English guys were expecting sterling. And besides, he knew there was a little wind-down, chill-out smoke taking place in that fifth-floor hotel room. OK, I'll collect the rest tomorrow. Don't let me down. Billy darts out into the street, pretty sure he's been shafted, asking Peter to escort him back to the square, lest he get jumped on with the wages. Finding Piet and Bart was no problem. They were backstage, albeit moments from going on. Peter departs elsewhere. Now to find tuba player Viviane. Where was she? Twice around the square. Excuse me, pardon. Excuse me, excuse moi, s'il vous plaît. Bang, bang goes the band. Boom, boom goes Billy's head. There she is, sitting in the cafe. Fantastic. Thanks, great playing. Do it again soon. Take care. At last, for tonight, the band leader's work was done. Billy bid farewell to Vivienne and turned. Ducking out of the merry shoehorned masses in the dark, narrow street that led towards the hotel, Billy heard someone calling him. Here, you, come here. Half turning, the exhausted guitarist saw a disheveled, psychotic-looking lunatic heading towards him. Oh no. He thought and strode out the aggressive man followed limping here you come here quickening billy turned the corner he was away from this lunatic now the chinese hotel was just there he'd slip in and just disappear but the door was locked he heard the deranged psycho shouting yeah you come here diving round the side of the building he looked despairingly up to the fifth floor window he could see Balamy and Martin France sitting astride the open window, still enjoying the festive balmy air. He shouted, but they could not hear. All that could be heard was the boom, boom, boom from the main stage. Instead, Martin flicked the ash from his jazz cigarette, which would have fluttered onto Billy, had he not spun in horror as the scary, deranged nutter bore down on him. This is it, thought Billy. Death in Ostend. This is where it all ends. Stabbed to death outside a crappy crap Chinese restaurant with so-called crappy hotel on the cobbled streets of a town worn crazy by travellers to mainland Europe. And a crazy, noisy festival where they cheat you on the contract details and shaft you with the payment. This is it. This is poetic justice. This is the end. The irony. This was always meant to be. I am ready. The lunatic lunged forward, but he prepared to meet his death. The stench of rotting teeth and an unhealthy diet hit him, and with it came just three words. Great gig, man, said the keen but breathless music fan. in this episode is arrival of the tourists from the 1985 studio album greenwich and the 1995 live album mayfest 94 with the fun horns of berlin the albums can be listened to on many popular streaming platforms or downloaded from your favorite online store by paying for the tracks you will be helping billy to continue his life's work you can find out more about the recordings and the musicians featured on them by visiting billyjenkins.com. Thank you for listening. Jurassic!